Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. It's Jeff here once again, and coming off of uh, seven days off in London. So uh, I'm excited to get back on the horse today and interview uh, Michael Ringel. Uh, Michael is a CPA by trade, but not what he does for a living. So we'll find out a little bit about his world and uh, what he does today in helping business owners get to that eventual exit uh, mm -hmm. that we always talk about. When, on the business owner side of Freedom Day. So, Michael, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, a week in London. That's awesome. Good for you. It was, uh, yeah, the first uh, seven-day vacation I've had in almost seven years. So it's, uh, it is the the new, new goal in my life to spend a lot more time doing that. That's great. Um, and, and got to work while I was over there. So it was even cooler because I did it in a different country. <laughs> So tell us your story. What's, uh, how did you uh, get to where you're at today? So I guess it goes back to as a kid, right? Okay. I was uh, very entrepreneurial. I had a Apple II Plus computer. Wow. I was, yeah, I was the only one on the block that actually had a computer. Yes. Um, and what I did was I had a mailing label business. So I went into people's okay. shops and said, let me put your mailing list in my computer and mm -hmm. made some money that way. Wow. And but all along the way, just trying different entrepreneurial ventures, uh, decided that the CPA route was the way to go because this way I can be involved with businesses and uh -huh. work for the large firms, did my time, and really sat in my boss's office one day when they were talking about the next level for me. And I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to be you. Like, I, I can't see myself in the office in New York City in a desk behind paper <laughs> uh, remember the time, no, com no real computing power like there is today. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to NYU, got my master's and didn't go back to corporate America, which, you know, my parents weren't happy with. Sure. But started a, working with a bunch of guys and we built a company in New York called Let's Talk Business Network. Okay. We have a radio show on entrepreneurship and, and franchising. But more importantly is we focused on building support groups for entrepreneurs. Mm. Because one of the biggest issues most entrepreneurs face is the issue of isolation. Mm -hmm. We have nobody to talk to about the issues and concerns, the day-to-day, -day, the stresses. Our spouses don't understand. Our friends don't understand. The only people who really do are other entrepreneurs like you, me, and your listeners who you know, deal with the trials and tribulations of owning and running and operating a business. Yeah. And we did that for eight years. And like most companies or some companies, we got a divorce. Mm -hmm. A couple partners forward over money for a few years, and I was able to walk out. Mm -hmm. So I had two kids, no job, no money. <laughs> My wife was thrilled. And I decided that, you know, I could go back and work for somebody else, or I could start my own venture. Mm -hmm. And I decided that being a financial advisor, coaching and focusing entrepreneurs on the protection, growth, and mm -hmm. the eventual exit of their business is really where I could add value. 
Yeah. So for the last 20 years, really been helping business owners understand kind of like, you know, what you're talking about is their freedom day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you really take a look at what people have on their personal balance sheets, what people want out of life, what's the gap? Will the value of my business be able to fulfill the gap or the net proceeds from it? And mm-hmm. if not, what do I need to do to add value to my business in order such as when I do leave my business, it's going to pro- produce enough cash flow that you can go away to London for a week and not worry. Yeah. Or during Christmas break, I was visiting my daughter in Madrid for two weeks mm-hmm. and not having to worry about money and cash flow. Yeah. So it's coming from a different place of as opposed to scarcity, worry, and doubt, living in a place of purpose, freedom, and abundance. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So let's talk a little bit about how you do that. So, you know, making that transition from the traditional corporate world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that little interim transition point, and then now starting in this new venture, uh, you know, even though it's 20 years down the road, but uh, but yeah. new venture in that part of the world. Uh, what What's some of the processes? You know, what what is the the typical challenge for an entrepreneur that's kind of making that transition to what's the end point look like? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of it has to do with self-belief and self-worth, okay, right? And being able to have a support system to help you take calculated risks, mm-hmm. right? So a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs are very cautious. Yeah. And when they invest or they take risk, they're typically calculated risks. Mm-hmm. So I knew, you know, my wife was working at the time, you know, it provided stability and some income. I knew that getting involved in a financial planning, financial coaching career, which there's no salary, it's all based upon, you know, uh, you know, coming up with strategies and then using different products and services to fulfill strategy that you make money. Yeah. And so my biggest fear at the time was not not being successful. My biggest fear at the time was being known as that guy. <laughs> you know, that guy who goes to the party and people go, uh oh, there's Mike. Was he trying to sell me? Yeah, <laughs> right. So that was that was big, and so I decided that instead of being the typical salesperson that people are used to, I mean, they're used car salespeople, and then they're insurance people and investment people, and the people don't like us because they have a a bias and perception to who we are and what we're going to do even before we open our mouths. Mm. So how do we change that? Well, we change that by being a coach or a consultant. Mm-hmm. A coach is somebody who wants to change or transform somebody's behavior so that, yes, do financial products need to be sold? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's how you implement the strategy. Yeah. So what I discovered was if I give people choices and I say, here's where you are today. Mm-hmm. If you continue doing what you're doing, here's where you'll be probably 10, 15, 20 years from now. Here are the choices that you have. Here are the things that you can change. What would you like to do? Mm-hmm. So no judgment, no trying to, you know, have a quota. I have nobody telling me what to sell or, you know, or, or to buy. It's how do you add value to people's lives? And then the money comes. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, being in a very similar industry or the same industry, you know, that might have been something you never wanted to deal with those people just going, oh, there he is. There's Jeff. Yeah. Just sell me something. Yeah. And I mean, I, I followed a very similar path. You know, I, I always tell people I'm never going to. Yes, I'm a salesperson. You know, I've, I've, that's been my entire career, basically. Right. But I'm never going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I, the one thing I tell people always is, uh, you know, it, don't ask me 
for my opinion, because I'm going to give you my opinion and my best idea, whether you like it or not, I'm not going to tell you something you don't, I'm not going to tell you something that you want to hear. I'm Mm going to tell you what it is. And you are then up to make that decision. You know, you're an adult, you can make that decision. And that's what being a coach is about. Yeah. Right. For example, when the markets were going down last year, Mm -hmm. right, I coached the heck out of my clients to to not take my opinion, but to base what I say on the math and science of investing and let me prove it to you. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're not coming from a commission breath. You're not coming from a place I got to sell this. It's here's what is, here's what's possible. Here's Mm -hmm. the math and science behind it. What would you like to do? Yeah. Which is completely different. The other fear I had when I started my own business was, well, the fear I had by going back to corporate America was being in my 50s or 60s, and somebody let me go for some reason mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with my work performance. Yeah. Right? COVID hit. Who the heck saw that coming? Mm-hmm. Right? Or a friend of mine was in the print media business. Well, there's really not much need for print media anymore. Yeah. So. So I got into this for the reason of working with entrepreneurs, helping them realize their life's work, because most entrepreneurs are in it every day. They work, they work, they work, they work, and then they turn around 20, 25, 30 years later, and they're done, but they haven't built anything. Yeah. At least built anything of value that somebody else wants to buy. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, and, and you can share on this. I mean, I think that's the misconception that a lot of business owners have is, because you've built a business, it, it has value. Right, right, right. It's value. Something is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the example I use from stage, I, I talk about my uh, 2010 Volvo S80. Like, mm-hmm. I love this car. And yeah. it was a beautiful car, drove great. And then the AC went, and the fan yeah. belt went, and yeah. then new yeah. tires and everything. And it's two, I have 210,000 miles on it. My wife wouldn't even get in the car anymore because she just just wouldn't. But to me, the car is worth a lot because I love this car, right? To the world, it was worthless. Yeah. Right? So you had to, I had to get over the emotion of, you know, the charity coming to my house and I'm watching as they pull away my car on the tow truck and (laughs) gave me a $750 tax deduction for it when I thought it was worth a lot. Right? There was the shocker of it all. It's really just worth, you know, and and the same thing, like you mentioned with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. It's your baby. It's yours. You've been hard, hard, soul, sweat and tears, equity into this company. Mm -hmm. And then only to wake up one day and realize that it's not worth anything. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example of a client of a client who's in the medical, or at least I take it back. He was in the medical profession because unfortunately he passed away at an early age. Mm. And he had 5,000 clients, 5,000 patients. Wow. And I was helping out the beneficiaries with the, 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 the estate. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, how much do you think the business is worth? <laughs> well, I asked around and I talked to professionals. Take a guess what the business was worth. A couple hundred thousand at the most. I mean, it, it, zero. Wow. Yeah. It was worth nothing because there was no transition between doctor to doctor. It was 5,000 people who went to this doctor who then got a letter that's saying, unfortunately, this doctor passed away. You need mm-hmm. to find a new doctor. Yeah. There wasn't a transition of, 
I'm Dr. Mike. I'm leaving in a couple of years. Let me introduce you to Dr. Jeff, who's going to be able to take care of you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. So that has value. You know, think about lawyers or I spoke to a lawyer this morning. She's 64 years old. She goes, Mike, I'm just going to keep the business. I'm just going to work till I die. Why? <laughs> but she's serious. Yeah. I mean, so there are, there, are, there are a few ways to exit a business. You could sell it to an insider, mm -hmm. right? Which is a partner, family member, employees. Mm -hmm. Challenge there is those people don't have the capital in order to typically buy the owner out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times the, 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 the transaction is going to be buyer funded or seller funded, actually. Mm -hmm. And there are pros and cons and tax consequences doing that. Mm -hmm. You could sell it to an outsider and... What I want to see my clients, and I'm sure you do as well, is you want to you want to make sure that they're what we call exit ready. Mm -hmm. I had two clients last year who unexpectedly got a knock on the door that said, "We will give you thirty million dollars for your business, and we want you to leave." Yeah, and they were ready to go. Mm -hmm. And the other, you keep it until death, mm -hmm. right? Or and or you a, just or you just kill it off. Yeah, you kill it off. Yeah. Or or you do something a little bit different. I have one client who decided they couldn't get enough money for the business if they sold it. I take it back. They'd get a lot of money, but mm -hmm. that amount of money wouldn't provide the cash flow for the lifestyle that they wanted to live. Yep. So what they did was they brought in professional management, paid them handsomely to run the business. They're absentee owners who make a lot more money because mm -hmm. it's all about cash flow. Yep. And eventually they'll transition and sell it to possibly them. Mm -hmm. A lot of choices, but most of us, most business owners don't plan on it. And we should do it the day after we get into business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or preferably Celebrate. before we even got into business, have an exit plan of what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate the first day. Enjoy you got into business. You know, like you mentioned, you know, you work with people who in 10 years from now want to have enough passive income that they wake up in the morning and, you know, they don't have to worry about income. Mm -hmm. that's somebody's exit plan. Whether you're working at a corporation or you're working in a business, that's a cool exit plan. Yeah. You know, because from my perspective, and, and maybe you can tell me yours, there are two things in the world I find most people want when it comes to their money. They want to live with uninterrupted cash flow for life. Mm -hmm. And they never want to be a burden financially in anybody else. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the simple part of it, I, you know, and, and people, what I've seen is, you know, people dream, you know, unfortunately, the financial world has not done a very good job of, uh, of helping people plan for this, you know, I mean, it's yeah. a lot of it is the, you know, work for 40 years, get, you know, you, you, you get the gold ring or the gold watch which they don't even do anymore. You know, you downsize your home, you know, you take a cruise once a year and that's, that's going to be your life forever. And, you know, most of my clients don't feel that way. They don't want that, but they have not been presented with an alternative, you know, and I, I personally think that a business, I mean, it's not for everybody, but the people who do realize that they have a talent for business, there is no greater creator of wealth for the, the amount of money. Uh, that a business can create. Because I mean, yeah. I know in my own life, I didn't basically, there was no money I put up. And it was mostly my sweat and tears for seven years that created an, an exit for my business that I can't even calculate the return on, you know, and it takes time. Yeah. And, and I it doesn't that, always work. 
<laughs> no, and, and I think one of the problems is people are very impatient. Yeah. Is that I hear yeah, they hear something, I want it now. Yes. You know, but things take time to cultivate, they take time to put into action. So put it in place, be mm -hmm. patient, work whatever system you're gonna work. Like you mentioned, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but the instant gratification is also a problem that most people have. Correct. So, you know, when you're sitting there working with a client, I mean, who's who's the ideal client that you work with? Mm -hmm. And when should you recommend that they start to engage with you? It's a great question. Uh, so I typically work with uh, business owners, entrepreneurs between one to 10 million. And they should start working with a, whether it's me or somebody else in the, in the exit planning space as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. The reason being is that you may not be ready to sell your business today, tomorrow, in three or five years, but eventually, mm -hmm. we talked about it before, there's a 100% certainty that we are going to leave our business someday. Yeah. Either it's our terms yeah. or in, it's- Yeah. In, in independent, you know- uh, Family-owned businesses, there is a hundred percent chance that it will change hands. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you prepare for that? How do you protect yourself financially? How do you move money from your business balance sheet to your personal balance sheet on an effective basis? Look, the the lawyer I spoke to this morning who wants to keep her business forever, mm. great. But how do you do that in such a way where you're moving money in a tax uh, advantage way? to have the most money possible out of your business, mm -hmm. right? How are you able to really look at, you know, what you want out of life? What are your objectives? And then how are you able to work to achieve that? So, you know, typically one to $10 million, you know, like you, we look at the personal balance sheet, which typically is unorganized, mm -hmm. right? The entrepreneur is so focused on their business that their personal balance sheet takes a back seat. We take a look at the business balance sheet we do a business valuation and we use a product to help us do that where it's unintrusive. It gives you a really good estimate of your business. It's very much like Zillow for homes mm -hmm. where you go online and type in, you know, what's the value of my home? Well, we have certain software that we license in order to do that for business owners. Yeah. The business owners know what they have now and then can determine if they need to drive value to the business. And there are ways we talk to them about driving value such that when they decide to leave the business, they know what they're going to do with the money before they actually exit the business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. When you get the largest check of your life, mm -hmm. right? Which in most cases, it's going to be the sale and transition of your business. Mm -hmm. Having the confidence to know that X goes here, Y goes there. This is what we're going to do is really satisfying and not even have to worry about, oh my gosh, I got all this money. What do I do with it? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I, it's, we, we have similar businesses. So, you know, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's, there's so many people, you know, I, I think the other side of that same coin is that big check for people that haven't prepared, they might get that big check or somebody right, you know, is going to write them that big check. And they don't really prepare for that fact that, well, one, you might be giving up 20 to 30% of that to the IRS. Absolutely. Um, two, is that big check going to be enough to generate the income stream that you've been used to living on? Yeah. Which I think yeah. that's the other part is so many people have, have gotten used to living on their business mm -hmm. and they just are kind of unaware of what the real world is. Yeah. 
I think you hit the nail on the head. Most people don't realize that the day you sell your business is the day your income goes to zero. Yep. Think about that. Your income goes to zero. Mm -hmm. Now you sell that $30 million business. You have to save, you have to take 9 million of that mm -hmm. and be able to then give it for taxes. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Most people don't realize that. And mm -hmm. then- now, look, can you live on 21 million? Look, there were a bunch of partners. You know, there was, but you have all this money now. A lot of it's going to go to taxes. Mm -hmm. Whatever the number is, let's say it's 300,000. Let's say it's 3 million. It doesn't matter. It's a huge check you're going to get. It's a huge check you're going to write in taxes. So just be prepared because mm -hmm. it's interesting. I spoke to a bunch of entrepreneurs at a conference uh, back in January. Mm. And we did a couple exercises. And for me, it was interesting. One of the, one of the exercises that they loved was imagine somebody wrote a check to you right now. What's the walkaway number that mm. that check needs to be in order for you to hand over the keys to your business? Yeah. And most people haven't thought of that number. No. Whether it's realistic or not. I mean, they were throwing out some crazy numbers. I'm like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now you know where you need to get to. Yeah, exactly. Now take a look at where your business is today. And are you even close to that number? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not, go out and get a business coach, join mm -hmm. a mastermind group, join, you know, other entrepreneurs who've been there, done that, mm -hmm. learn from their experiences so that, you know, I, I think a lot of times people sell themselves short, mm -hmm. right? They say, well, I'm just going to get it to a two or three or $4 million business when all along, you know, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. Yeah. I, I listen to him a lot. I'm sure many of your listeners do as well. He says, it's a lot easier to 10X your business than double your business. Yeah. So just go 10X your business. Yeah. Just focus on that and forget about, you know, the double part. Yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and do that. And and at the same time, have some fun, take the vacations. You know, it's, it's interesting. Life is short. Mm -hmm. You know, what I, I took a, we host a course called the American Dream Experience a couple of times a okay. year. Um, doesn't cost anything to participate. It's a two-day course. We do it either Zoom twice a year or live in Scottsdale. Okay. Very successful people come. And on the first day, we talk about helping people discover for themselves their true purpose for money. Like, I what like does it that. mean to you? Yeah. Let's talk about the history of money in your family. Let's talk about, let's talk about the no-talk rule mm -hmm. that many of us grew up with. Oh, it's impolite to talk about money. You never ask them how much they make. How much does this cost? You never do that, right? And then we spend the rest of the time focusing on the two worlds of investing, the speculating gambling and the no empirically tested Nobel Prize winning philosophies when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And what we discovered was when you align your purpose with your money and how you invest, and investing could be investing in your business, mm -hmm. right? Where most entrepreneurs take most of their risk and are therefore pretty conservative with their other money. Mm -hmm my experience. So how do you align those two so that when you do make financial decisions, that you live in a world of purpose, freedom, and abundance versus scarcity, doubt, and worry? Mm -hmm. And so we find that really important that all of our clients and you know their families go through that course so, so they can talk about money together. Yeah. Because as a society, we don't. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And I mean, we just, and, and we still don't. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I do some work with kind of young entrepreneurs, uh, high school age and above. Yeah. And 
you know, it's interesting to see how they they're they have different views of the world. I mm-hmm. think largely it's because of you know the the internet and they can kind of see more than when you and I were growing up. I mean, we kind of saw what was in front of us and that was yeah. it. You know, I, I it's hilarious because. I always said, well, I didn't really know entrepreneurs when I was growing up. And, you know, then I came to the realization that my dad, you know, my dad was a, you know, he, the working guy, man, he was just going to go to work every day. He he wanted the job and all that. And, you know, he, he lived that 40 year retirement and his three siblings, all at, at good or bad, you know, were basically entrepreneurs. They were entrepreneurial. They had different businesses that they tried, a couple of them failed at them miserably, one of them very successful, you know, retired a few years ago from his business and and sold Mm -hmm. it off. And, you know, but I, I, it was funny, because I never thought of myself being around entrepreneurs, and I was around them. I just didn't, you know, that was my, what I learned. Uh, I learned, you know, get a good job, or get, get a good education, get a good job, you'll be done for the rest of your life. Sure. You know, and I, I think we, we've got to get people talking about money because I, we never talked about money. I know growing up, I never talked about money with my parents. It was, it was me getting into the financial services you know, business that I really started to learn about money. Right. Yeah. And, and most Americans don't do that either. No. If you think about the financial decisions that we make, a lot of it comes from our history mm-hmm. and how we grew up with money. Sure. As I mentioned, my dad was a college professor. Mm-hmm. Um, he had multiple jobs teaching. My mom was a school nurse, yep. you know, middle-class New York, Long Island, um, didn't want for anything mm-hmm. except, you know, my mom wanted the country club, which she never got. And she wanted the contemporary hotel at Disney, but you know, we were at the hotel down the block yeah. as kids, life was great. Yeah. You know, but to them, you know, it was, how can we provide more and more and more? And then what was fascinating to me was when they retired, it was interesting. In 1965, my dad had a choice. Mm-hmm. Either you go into the stock market with your pension, okay. or you invest in this thing called the New York City Teachers Annuity mm-hmm. at eight and a quarter percent guaranteed for life. <laughs> my father, the physicist, took eight and a quarter guaranteed for life. Yeah. His friends, when the markets were going up, were making a lot more money. Mm-hmm. My dad was chugging along at eight and a quarter percent. To this day, he gets eight and a quarter percent guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Never lost. Never lost. Yeah. Always up. Right. Didn't have to worry about it. And, you know, all his friends are watching the market and worried about money and cash flow. And he's just chugging along. Mm-hmm. He retired on, you know, guaranteed income for life, mm-hmm. you know, Social Security, Social Security, pension, pension, pension. More money was coming in on the first of the month when they retired than they knew how to spend it. <laughs> and I, I turned to them one day, I go, just want you to know that, you know, you know, you guys became millionaires. Yeah. And they're like, what? I said, you don't yeah. have a million dollars. I said, yeah, you do. I said, slow and steady yeah. over time with constant savings, get you there. Mm-hmm. They weren't living like it. They didn't spend the money like it, but they got there. And most mm-hmm. people think they want to do it quickly. And with the advent yeah. of the internet, and TikTok and and all social media, it's quick, 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 quick. Do some people do it? Absolutely. But in the long run, increase the amount you save, get market returns, rebalance a portfolio, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So 
it, it's combining everything together and getting people to understand that even even when things are down, right? When you say to yourself, you know, you lose your job, you you can't go back to corporate America because you know even though the market job market the way it is today is lowest unemployment ever, people don't want to work for these big companies and people are getting downsized from you know Google and Apple and all these huge mm-hmm. companies. That you know what? Maybe now's the time that you you know take that calculated risk and you know look franchising is huge now yeah why is because you're buying a system mm-hmm. that's proven it just takes the the gumption to actually take that calculated risk and it's not easy to do no it isn't yeah it's it's a lot easier to get up and go to work every day and have somebody tell you what to do you know it it's not fun no. but it's a lot easier you know but if you know for people that are looking to get out of that you know what I always called the you know the the cubicle warrior, yeah. uh, you know that's dying a little bit every day. I mean, you've sure. got you've got to take a little bit of risk, and I don't necessarily think it's it's risk from a financial perspective. It's risk from being outside of what everybody else is doing. You know, because it is it is being right. unusual. It is going. It, it is taking that risk of people thinking that you're an idiot for doing what you're doing. And you may be. Yeah. And it may fail. Yep. Uh, my, my business partner had two businesses and one did great and he sold it and the other, not so much. Mm. And then you pick yourself up and you deal with, you got to deal with and you move on. Yeah. And you say to yourself, this is a learning experience. And I had a failing. I, I was told long ago, you're not a failure if you fail. You just had a failing experience. Yeah. And how do you take that failing experience and turn it around into something positive? Yeah. What did you learn from that experience? And I think that's more than anything. Yeah. Again, it's um, it's it's really trying to be, you know, patient. Yeah. It's really trying to be patient. So, so. It, you know, in the end, kind of as we wrap up here, yeah. um, what's the best advice that you can give to somebody that is sitting there listening to us? And has yeah, you know, they're looking at their business today and saying, well, what do I, what do I do? I mean, is this going to have value? What what's my exit plan? What's your best advice for somebody sitting there with uh, those questions in their head? I would first take a look at again, what's on your personal balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Take stock of that. Project it out until the day you quote unquote want to leave or retire. Think about how much money you want in the future. Mm-hmm. How much money per month? And is your business going to be able to provide the cash flow for you to live a good life now mm-hmm. and live a good life when you're in retirement? Yeah. And most people don't do that. They just look at the now and they worry about the everything else later. Mm-hmm. It's all about cash flow, baby. That's yeah. it. I learned a long time ago. It's create structure on cash flow, manage your cash flow. And then when you have what we call free cash flow, which is just the amount taken in comes in versus the amount that goes out. What do you do with it? Mm-hmm. You find passive income strategies. Yeah. Right. You invest back in yourself because the greatest return that you'll ever get is investing back in yourself mm-hmm. and never stop learning. Yeah. My dad taught me to be a lifelong learner. I have so many letters next to my name that I don't <laughs> even put them on, you know, <laughs> a card or anything just because what I discovered for me is when I, when I study something, I make more money. Yeah. I, I just it's pretty simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was I was joked with my my former business partner. You know, he would joke is like, do you just have to keep adding more letters to your name? And I said, yeah, what I want to actually do is have like a little fan fold thing that comes off the side of my business card. Right. All the extra letters on there, not because I want to impress people with those letters. What I tell my you know, when I tell people and I tell clients, you know, this shows that I am a lifetime. I, I am so focused on continually improving what I'm doing, you know, to be able to serve you better. You know, I'm not doing this just so that I can have a letter. I'm doing this because I increased the body of knowledge that I have. And, and I, I agree. I mean, I've, some of the, the biggest readers I've ever met are entrepreneurs because they constantly are absorbing information. And even if you can take one little piece from here or there, you know, that all becomes whatever that system is for your purpose. So, you know, you can't stop. I, I totally agree. So, yeah. And, and I do the same thing. It's not for the letters. It's yeah. for, again, the, the, for me, there's a, there's a direct relationship between the two. Yep. Take a course, learn something. I make more money. Mm -hmm. I, um, there's, there's one course that I've taken that I think everyone should know about. It's called Landmark Forum. Hmm. Interesting. And you can go online and look about it. They've coached like 3 million people over time. It's one of these courses that will help transform the way you live, the way you interact. It just mm. it transforms you as a person. And I remember I was taking the next level course, and it was in, at the time Zoom, and it was two full days, like mm. full days. Oof. It wasn't live, it was Zoom. And I said to my daughter and wife, I said, look, I'll be in the basement. I'm taking a course. It's on, you know, uh, it, it was an advanced course on communication. Mm. I'll be downstairs in the basement. I'm not available all weekend. And they're like, yeah. why are you taking it? And I said, well, every time I take a course, I can't tell you how or why. Yeah. And it's not going to be tomorrow. <laughs> but in the long, short and long run, I make more money. Mm. And my daughter's <laughs> like, you go, dad. You go in the basement. We'll see you Monday. I'm like, really? <laughs> Thanks. Love you too. I appreciate the support. <laughs> Kids. Dad, yeah. I got to go to college here eventually. So I need you to go down there in that basement. <laughs> exactly. So, but it, it's all good, you know, but Hey, Jeff, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. it no, I appreciate you being on your mic. Um, what, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they've got some questions, what's the best sure. way to get a hold of you? Sure. They could send me an email at okay. M-R-I-N-G-E-L at strategiesforwealth.com or through LinkedIn, um, or they can use, call me on my cell. It's 917. 734-4748 to be happy to have a conversation with Perfect. anybody who wants to talk. Well, and we'll put all that in the show notes wherever you're watching or listening to this. So Mike, thanks for being on today. I appreciate you uh, sharing your knowledge and, and your expertise in that world of the exit plan. And I appreciate you being on here today. Thanks, Jeff. I had a great time. Thanks. And uh, folks, you know, we're continuing in season three to really focus on not only doing interviews, but doing interviews with experts like Mike to, that share their expertise with you. So please, if you uh, like this, make sure you comment, like everything, um, you know, and share this, especially with your friends and family that might need it. So thanks a lot. And we will see you guys back here the next time. 
for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 